Welcome to the board game community show. I'm your host, Riley Starr. Join me as I get to know folks in this community. They could be designers or streamers, podcasters, YouTubers, publishers, whatever. Really anything with a nerd at the end of its title is welcome here on the board. Community show, show, show. Welcome back to the Board Game Community Show. This is sort of a part two. Yesterday was New Year's Eve, and so the episode was focused on the highlights of 2021. And then today's episode is focused on the resolutions, what we're looking forward to in 2022. Last episode was with Tim and Phil, and they are still here. We recorded it at the same time. So enjoy. Well, now let's do our part two board game resolutions. Looking to next year, I, I'm i not a big goal maker. Like I don't, I generally don't like making goals for myself, but I thought it would be fun to do that for the board game related stuff. It's not that I don't like making them. I'm just horrendously bad at doing anything to make them happen. (laughs) (laughs) Are you a goal maker, Tim? You know, not really. I mean, I I do. I mean, I have goals and I set goals for myself all the time, but not like I'm not a resolution person. Um, You know, if I if I have a goal that I care about, then I could just kind of happens organically. Usually I'm not someone that just that a goal drives me to do something. So I'm always, you know looking for opportunities to improve, but, uh, you know, new year's resolutions don't really mean anything to me. That's okay. I agree with that 100%. (laughs) And it's almost like my like anti-authority type of thing where it's like, everybody's supposed to make new year's resolutions. Well, I don't want to like, that's, you know, everybody's doing it. So I don't want to do that, but I thought it would be fun to do this anyway. (laughs) Basically what this comes down to is strap in listener because you're going to hear the three least committed guys <laughs> talking about none of these goals will be done this year <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean to any listeners who know me i'm so casual that it's like goals seem too structured for me <laughs> i like to live by the seat of my pants uh, <laughs> so why don't we do it with phil and we'll go backwards yeah okay well, just looking at my list, most of mine are really just not dependent on me anyway. So, cool. <laughs> um, so like, what's well, so the first one? Um, so, 2019, I had tickets to the UK Games Expo, which obviously got cancelled. Uh, and then the 2020, whatever, the, the one after that was still very dubious. People weren't sure whether they should go, et cetera, et cetera. So that's my resolution. Like, to finally get to the UK Games Expo, that is my first resolution. Because obviously when I got the tickets, the podcast was still relatively new. So I was all like, oh, excited. Yeah, I got this new podcast. It'd be cool to go and meet people in person and sort of just chat to other people. And that never got to happen. Uh, in real life, obviously it's happened through the through the Twitterverse, et cetera, and, and you know, meeting you guys. But that is still a goal of mine to actually go to the games convention 
the biggest one in the country and you know my tiny country it doesn't matter where it is I can get anywhere in about four hours so that's that's my first one get to the UK Games Expo do you Phil if you went are you plan would you plan to go with some other friends or would you plan to just be to do- there to meet other people and you try new games and Oh no! I, so I like so we were going to go. Uh, obviously, me and Mark were going to go, and then we were going to meet um, Bunty, one of my friends there, and just sort of go around and just I don't know, just experience it all. Not going with any particular agenda to to promote the podcast or anything. Just go and scope. Out. Like I said, I've literally I've never been to anything like that before, so I've got no real idea of what it would be like or you know anything. And you see all these tweets about people. Uh, what was it? It was um, PAX Unplugged this week, mm-hmm. last week, whatever. And just all these people going and specifically just going to like network and promote and stuff, which is fine if you've got a game. But I don't know. I just would want to go and have some fun. Just enjoy it. You know? Yeah, I think that's a great goal. And I didn't have it in my list here, but it is something I'd like to try as well. When I used to be into Magic the Gathering, I used to go to some really big turn, um, you know, tournaments, big conventions. So I've been to like Gen Con. But all I did was sat in Magic the Gathering tournaments all day long. So, you know, I didn't experience Gen Con in the way that people go to experience Gen Con generally. And I think that's my biggest hesitation about, like, cutting out a weekend and traveling to go to a big convention. I really want to be playing games. Like, I'm excited to meet other people, meet other content creators, meet, you know, people that listen to our show or know us and and experience new games. But, you know, I really just want to play games. So when I've been thinking about it for this coming year, I'm like, if I'm going to travel why don't I just travel and see Chris and Adam and Steve and, you know, my friends that I like to mm. sit down and play with and we can play all the games we want to, no interruptions. And uh, so I, I'm undecided whether I'm going to try to do that this year, but I, I think it's worth trying and give it a shot, see how the experience is for you. But how cool would that be? Like you'd be there and someone would just come up to you and go, excuse me, are you Tim from Board Game Hot Takes? <laughs> okay. I got a funny story because um, I was actually, I was at that, um, what do you call it? The uh, basically the game sellers market local to us, and it's a pretty big place. It's a this place called the Silver Key Lounge in Mesa, Arizona. It's a big, huge kind of it's it's a huge room of board game tables, but they have a full bar where they serve mm-hmm. serve beer and wine, and they have a little game store in the front. So it's a pretty big store there, and there was probably like three hundred people in there, sellers and people walking around buying games. And I had two people that I, they had heard me mention on the podcast. And two people, like one during the show, walked up and said, "Hey, I've been listening to your podcast." And then another one that emailed me afterwards and said, "Hey, I think I, I think I saw you at the show at the thing yesterday. This was this was me. I walked up and asked you about Maracaibo." So I kind of got my first taste of that this year. Oh, it was so, fame! So, so fun. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, yeah. And I I didn't even like promote. Like I wasn't wearing. You know, I didn't have our our logo anywhere. Which yeah. I, I'm kind of curious now. Like, would anyone else have known? So I, <laughs> if I was to do one of those big shows, I I have to. You know, you got to get a, like a T-shirt and yeah, yeah, definitely to hand out and stuff like that. Yeah, it's right. I did that. That's how you met Barnes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I went to. Now, oh, SaltCon, that's our like big Utah one. Yeah. And I was wearing my board game community show t-shirt that I made just for that event and and ran into her and yeah, it was really did, fun. Did you identify like you recognized her? So you Yeah. Yeah, because I, I heard that episode. I think I kinda remember you said you stopped her from using the bathroom for half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Riley. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was really cool. And I thought we neither one of us were actually following each other. Mm. And so I had just seen her because people had interacted with her so much that I thought I was following her and I knew who she was. And when I saw her, I was just like, Bonds. I saw her like three or four times. And then 
the bathroom time was the only time where I was like, you know, a couple feet away where it wasn't too weird, but it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. But I, I guess since I have so many, I'm going to just chime in and say going to a con outside of Utah is on mine as well. Cool. Kind of what you were talking about, Tim, there's an adjustment too. So, uh, but what's yours, ne- your next one, Tim, or your first one, your first one. We're doing Okay. First. So my first goal is, you know, if you listen to our episode on Kickstarter and how I feel about Kickstarter, you know that I'm not a big fan of the platform to start with. I don't like the idea of putting money up front with the hopes that somebody makes a game and delivers it to me someday. There's plenty of great games out there you can buy from established publishers. You know, you're going to be getting good quality. You know, you're going to be getting something at a reasonable price. So I'm just not a big fan of crowdfunding games, but I get why it's there. And sometimes I get drawn into it as well, especially when you get, you know, games that offer some exclusives on there, up component upgrades, things like that. But one of my kind of goals for this year is to not back anything on Kickstarter at all. And the platform Kickstarter specifically, um, I probably will try not to back any crowdfunded games, but I may look at GameFound or something like that. But not only do I think that that crowdfunding games is a is a terrible thing for consumers um you know generally it's 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 well there's all kinds of reasons why i don't think we should we should be doing why i'm not going to do it but with kickstarter they recently recently made an announcement they're planning to convert their entire platform over to use uh blockchain which i don't know if you guys are have any understanding of that technology at all but basically if you've ever heard of bitcoin or if you've ever heard of NFTs, right? You're, you're hearing these terminologies come around a lot. They're based on a technology called blockchain, which is, it's essentially built around making very um, heavy encryption keys so that you can prove that you own something. So the idea of Bitcoin is that it's a, it's a currency that is produced by just creating a huge encryption key. And then the ownership of it is tracked through through a whole bunch of other essentially processing of that and 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 it just gets more and more expensive well that's very very bad for the environment so that's you know the the kind of the current form of blockchain today is terribly environmentally negatively impactful um it's also just a it's just a uh, speculative scheme it doesn't it doesn't produce much or anything of real value and that includes you know the currencies that includes nfts it's all a big scam and so Kickstarter made this announcement that they want to run their platform on blockchain. And they're talking about using a newer version that isn't as environmentally impactful. All that's nonsense. You can go and read the, um, you know, kind of the press release about it. And 90% of the words that they use about that press release will not make any sense. You will not have any understanding why they're doing it. You won't have under any understanding of how it works. And that's generally the, tr- the truth if you read anything about blockchain. And it's, in, it's by design. It's very intentional. People use that terminology because it's a scam. They want to confuse you. There is no value. I've been in technology for 20-something years, and I can explain an advanced technological concept in layman's terms so you understand why we're doing something, what the value is, what the risks are, and you will not get that from any explanation of why you're using blockchain. It's nonsense. Kickstarter is doing it too because you know they're not investing in better features for their platform. It, it appears they're doing it just to um, hype something up, um, do, you know, make more money for their investors. And it's, it's just complete nonsense. So it's one more reason to get off that platform completely and not touch it with the 10 foot pole. So my goal this year is no matter how much something gets me excited, I'm not going to back it on Kickstarter. 
Very interesting. I, I have an actual plan question about that because it sounds like you kind of understand this, right? Like blockchain and crypto and to some extent. To some extent, yeah. Uh, so from my understanding, the the biggest output of energy is from mining the cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. which is, you know, they it's a load of computers putting all this processing power into solving math problems or whatever it is, you know, some hokum. Uh, <laughs> but the blockchain is more just the technology to like track this. And so the, I don't, from my understanding, blockchain isn't as environmentally impactful as the actual mining of of cryptocurrency. So maybe to some extent, it's all environmentally impactful, first of all. And second of all, what's the value? If you can answer that for me and and how there's a value in it. Yeah, right. I, yeah. Come on. <laughs> My understanding was that the blockchain is essentially a tracking. It's like having a ledger that's verifying information and double checking stuff. Yeah, it's um, not. It's a scam. There's no reason you need it. There's no, there's okay. no value for you to have that in, in any situation. So I get it. I mean, you're going to have defenders and a lot of the defenders are people that are invested in, in, um, in, in Bitcoin, or they're excited about these, like it's, it's all, it's all nonsense. It's, you know, like there may be practical uses, valuable, practically practical uses for it. It's not cryptocurrency and it's not NFTs and it's not whatever Kickstarter is doing. Um, I think that's the thing is, so blockchain is used on other, uh, by companies like there's environmental companies there's a company that like cleans up oil spills and they use blockchain uh to encrypt or i don't know sure. what exactly it is you sure. know like-, like i said there there is probably some useful values for it and and even kickstarter may have they haven't explained what those are in any practical use because they probably don't have one they're probably just trying to get on the blockchain bad wagon to yeah. try to get people excited about their um about their platform and and raise inv- investors interest and that's that's essentially what's happening all over the place right now. And it really is hugely impactful. And it's so frustrating to me. You know, I've been, I've been a vegetarian for like 25 years now. And I'm a vegetarian primarily because of the environmental cost of that. And it's, it's ridiculous how much of my sacrifice that I've made over my, the course of my life, both monetary and investing in cleaner technologies and energies, you know, not eating meat, everything I've done is undone immediately by the ridiculous choices that are being made. And we should be going one direction on the environment. And this is bringing us a completely opposite direction. And it's just, it's driving me, it's driving me batty. Um, And even if there was a value to blockchain, when there's an environmental cost to it, at some point you have to say, are we, you know, like, what's the impact? Yeah, there was an environment, there was a benefit to some people to owning slaves too. But you have to weigh the moral and ethical cost of of those things, right? There, that, and and say that we we're not going to do that, and you know that that's what that's where we are right now. And of course, as a as a species, we don't have the capacity to make the right decisions, um, apparently. And so we're we're going to keep destroying our world, uh, destroying ourselves, and it just uh, makes me so angry. So anyway, sorry, rant over. No, I appreciate it, and I I want to be clear that I'm not like standing up for blockchain or anything like that i'm just trying to 
I feel like it's something I don't fully understand. Nobody does. It sounds like Riley. nobody yeah. should. Yeah. No, nobody, nobody does. <laughs> and, and, and again, there might be practical uses for it. And you probably will get some, you know, some, some, you know, chatter about like, Tim doesn't know what he's talking about. You're absolutely right. I don't know. I don't know everything about this, but I'm telling you, most of the people that are talking about it and interested in it and it don't know anything about it. They just think they might make some money on it. And that's it. That's all they really care about. Every time, every time I see all, you know, all these arguments and stuff, I have no idea what they're talking about. I just send Riley a message of like, right, what's, what's going on now? What's happening? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like almost every other week I get a like, so what's up with blockchain? So <laughs> what's up with root? <laughs> but like, <laughs> Riley, Riley said it was about, you know, like, oh yeah, mining the stuff. And I was like, so do you mean like actually digging stuff up? Or are we talking about like virtual mining? Because I literally have no mining. clue. No yeah. clue what's going on. Uh, we could do a whole episode on this, <laughs> but we won't. Uh, we're doing resolutions. So yeah, Kickstarter. And, and I, I agree. I'm actually... This you haven't gotten the chance to listen to this full episode, but one of my favorite things from the unfunded Kickstarter episode is uh, Laurie. I asked, "What's what's some advice you would give?" And he said, "Use GameFound. <laughs> like, d- don't do Kickstarter." <laughs> and he's he said it kind of jokingly, but then he also clarified, "Like, no, I'm I'm saying that very." jokingly but at the same time for real do it <laughs> yeah it, it seems to me they're going the right direction there and again you know like it's kickstarter is a company their whole goal is to make money and game yeah. found is as well um it seems like game found is attempting to do that by actually creating features that are useful to um you know creators and and to the the people that are backing the kickstarters versus or backing the, the crowdfunding um but that said you know i don't know a whole lot about it. i also understand that crowd that uh, game found right now i think is only open by invite so everybody can oh, really? get on game found at this point but it, it's because they're kind of in a beta platform and that's my understanding but you know i'm not an expert so yeah i don't know that'd be interesting but yeah hopefully i mean there's definitely other options out there and and even just not backing and waiting until it's available at retail or whatever that's that's an option or bumming it off your friend that backed it (laughs) uh well mine would be this is actually kind of inspired by tim because he posts his monthly plays from bgg and i thought that was really interesting and at the beginning of the year i had started tracking some games and and then i fell out of it so my first one is to record all of my plays on bgg and yeah, I hope it goes well. Good luck I hope with I that. Can do it. I know it's well. It's so hard because sometimes I want to play consecutively and then or play multiple games, and it just seems like time out of playing actually actually playing the game. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot of time to track it, but it's for me. I, I know I forget a lot, so even though I post those, I know I probably missed half a dozen at least games that I <laughs> that I played that month because you know, like you get done playing a game, and sometimes it's late at night, and then I just go to bed and don't think about it. So. You're going to miss some for sure. I found it even harder now that I've been playing a lot more in board game arena because I am still trying to track those as plays since I'm playing against real people playing the actual board game. And, um, you know, because you don't just like, especially when you're playing async, it's like, do I track it when I start the game or do I track it when I finish? And then I don't want to double track. And it's just, you know, there's more games going on. So I think I'm missing a lot of them that way. But it's pretty easy to track. I mean, for for the most part. So good luck. It's fun. It's fun to kind of see what you're playing and how much you're playing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Do you use 
BGG or do you do like the app My BGG or or a different app? So there is a um uh I think it's called BGG Stats. Yeah, or BG Stats. So there I have been tracking on Board Game Geek just going to the website and tracking the games since the beginning of 2018 I think is when I started this. And then somebody recently was like you got to use BG Stats app, you know, try that it syncs right up with your thing. So I was like, okay, cool. So I I downloaded the BG Stats app. It pulled over all my plays from Board Game Geek. But I've actually found it a little bit more difficult to track games, believe it or not. Everyone else says it's really easy, but it's like you have to go in and if it's a new game you haven't played before, first you have to add it to your collection front and it'll sync from Board Game Geek and then you add the play to it. The interface is a little confusing to me. And then what I found was that it wasn't syncing back to Board Game Geek correctly. So then I had some overlap where like if I recorded on BGG and I didn't record it on the BG Stats app, I had some disconnect there. So I've gone back to just recording on, on Board Game Geek again. To me, okay. it just works better. I'm I'm probably too old to pick up a new, uh, <laughs> like you know, a new tool like this. So that's how I record it. That's fair. Uh, all right, yeah, that's mine. Uh, okay, right. So my next one again, it's kind of linked, I suppose, to possibilities with COVID. But I'm actually not that good. I like I don't play that many board games that often that aren't for the podcast, and I want to sort of just get into. The habit. I know it's a really lame general one, but play more board games. But do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know whether that's trying to schedule like just a regular board game night or go to a board game cafe more often, or they've just opened this mega. I sent you a picture, Riley. You know, the it's the South Wales Gaming Centre and it's this huge, uh, you know, it's part shop, part playing tables, part cafe bar sort of thing and i don't know whether just going to that and just sitting down and playing some games i don't know i just want to get into the habit of playing more board games just for the enjoyment of rather than for podcasting like for the weekly podcast if that makes sense which sounds like i'm hating on my own podcast which i'm really really not and i you know but just i just want to play more board games and it's a it's a time management thing and it's a an energy thing but yeah, I want to up the uh, up the board game playing. Hey, and maybe tracking my plays on on Board Game Geek would help show how pathetic and uh, <laughs> slow I'm being, and sort of give me that kick up the ass to do it. But um, yeah, just play more board games because, like Tim, you guys, you play tons and tons and tons. Well, that you that you don't. Podcast, yeah, well, right? it, it's funny because that's actually related to my next goal. So I'll just mention it here and then we can chat about it a bit. But my next goal is to put together a consistent local gaming group. And the reason for that is that my main game night every week is Monday night and it's the night that we do our podcast. So that's the only time yeah. I know I'm going to get a game in. Now I'm lucky and that my wife does like to game occasionally, not as much as I do. But like last night, you know, we got home from dinner and she's like, hey, you want to play a board game? And I was like, awesome. So I introduced her to Welcome to and we got a little game in. So I play a decent amount with my wife and my our local friend, Jen, who's an occasional guest on our show, lives nearby. And so the three of us get together. The, the, the only problem with that, it's not a problem. It's, it's fun. I do get to do that. So usually we get a couple games in on the weekend, but they don't love learning new games. And so it's like, which is fine. You know, I like going back to old games, but they also like games that are a bit, little bit lighter than I do generally. So what we're doing is playing a lot of games that are not necessarily my favorite games. Um, and we're playing the same one. So I don't get the fun of exploring new games and, ex- and kind of playing the heavier games that I like as much as I want to. So I'm kind of in the same spot with you where most of my favorite gaming is done on the night when I'm doing it for the podcast, but that's all online because I'm playing with people all over the, all over the country. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to, now that 
people are vaccinated and it is a little bit safer to get out occasion, you know, to some extent, I'm trying to meet some local people that I just want to hang out with and and get them in and, and start building a game group like I did in my last home. So totally on board with you on that. I think that's a great goal. And it's one of my goals for this year as well. A lot of my plays too, I'll if I just am Jones in to play a game, I play a lot of solo stuff. So yeah. I'd much rather be playing with other friends, but when I can't, then I play solo. So that's what a lot of my my plays actually are. That same here. Like I've posted on Twitter a couple of times of like my wife will be doing painting on the I built her like a desk so she can do stuff on the bed and we can just chill and watch TV in bed. And and I've been trying to find games that I can play like on the edge of the bed, essentially nice. yeah. at the foot of the bed. And yeah, <laughs> Phil doesn't <laughs> like this. <laughs> that is that is chaos. That is... And how do you check your spreadsheet while you're sitting on the edge of the bed there? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I uh yeah, I I agree. It's solo's been the best way to get my plays in because I just I don't get as many uh yeah, friends to play with or those I, I wanna play more advanced games, you know, like some heavier games, but um which actually ties into my I mean this is going quick now with these, but one of my goals when I told my wife this episode, she's like, I wanna be like more patient at learning board games. Oh nice. And I was like, oh, that's great. Like, I like that a lot, which makes one of my goals, like, be more patient at teaching board games, too, <laughs> and and figuring out a good way to do it. Because uh, sometimes, you know, I'll try and teach her something a little heavier. I'm Lost Ruins of Arnak. I'm really excited to teach her. I think she'll like it. And one of the phrases I need to avoid using now when I'm teaching a game or hyping a game up is like, it's not that bad. It's not hard. It's you'll you'll understand it, you know, like downplaying that because then if she doesn't understand then it feels stupid and that she feels stupid and it feels frustrating that like well he says this is easy why don't i get it you know and and so learning to teach games better i guess is is one of my resolutions so that i can get my wife into more games yeah i think that's great and i think setting expectations when you're teaching someone a game or presenting it to them as an option is really a good way to go uh, I fall into the same trap. I still do it all the time. No, guys, it's going to be really fun. It's really easy to teach. It won't take that long. Um, but then there is a disappointment if somebody's expecting an easy teach and then they're sitting there for half an hour through a through a learn. So yeah, I think that's I think that's a good idea to set proper expectations. And for your sake, I think that's really interesting take on it. I hadn't thought about the fact that when you tell someone this is going to be really easy to learn, that it's going to make them feel bad if they're not grasping it. And then it makes me feel frustrated, like, well, am I teaching this bad? Am I like, am I being dumb here? Or, you know, like, there's all sorts of just don't put an expectation on it Mm -hmm. and just teach it. And if they have questions, they can feel like more open to. It's so funny, you know, even with um, I, I, I don't I like teaching games, to be honest, and I I enjoy it, but I always feel pressure to make the teach streamlined. And so even when I'm teaching friends that like heavy games, I always feel like I'm rushing through okay guys just a couple more things here a couple more things i don't have much more to teach you and i don't know why i get in that mode um you know i i probably should just take it easy they they're there to learn a game so just do it the best way to teach it instead of feeling guilty about taking their time i, I just want everyone to have like, a good experience you know yeah side question like 
obviously right when you unbox a new game and you, you're reading through the rules so you can get your head around it do you guys think in terms of right how am i also going to explain this to the people that i am then going to play the game with because i often find myself because like i'm a big critic of rule books i think some of them are so just counterintuitive in the order that they put their information so in my head i'm constantly like okay well i would explain this bit first before i go on to that bit and sort of try and make sense of it do you guys like think like that or do you i don't know do you just work through is this even a question it's a a really good question and i don't (laughs) at all phil like when i'm learning a game it's all about me wrapping my head around it um and i don't ever even think about how i'm going to present it to somebody until i get to that point um of actually teaching it so that's not something that's ever occurred to me while I was learning the game myself. Although I have been very critical of rule books um, and even game rules <laughs> that just make the entry so hard to get into. That can be really frustrating. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. I just focus on me learning it. And then once I play you, cause usually I play it solo and after I've played it solo, then I'm like, okay, well, how will I teach this? What's the best order? Because sometimes in rule books, they do things in a certain order because it makes sense to them. But when you're actually playing it, it, it doesn't quite match, I feel I, like. Yeah, I think it's got to be really hard to be a rulebook writer or editor. Yeah. Because one of the things you have to deal with in a rulebook is not only teaching somebody how to play the game, but also make it a good reference point. So if somebody needs to go and check a rule or refresh on mm. a rule, they can go back to it easily. And I think that there's a, a there's a conflict sometimes where a rulebook's made to be a good reference material, but it's terrible at teaching the game in a, in a, a structured order. And if it's taught, if it's like made to really teach the game as played, then sometimes it's impossible to reference because, you know, the little sub rule you're looking for, you have to find where it was referenced in a certain place in the rules teach. And that's not necessarily the most um, comprehensive. So I, I think it's got to be really tough. I, I definitely wouldn't want to take on the task myself. I think that that'd probably be one of the biggest hurdles to designing a game in my perspective. Oh, yeah. I like I like games that have it. So, because Riley, the Arkham card game, you got the second edition, right? Does that have the two? It has a learn to play and it has a reference. Yeah, and that's like a fantasy flight thing. A lot Mm. of fantasy flight games have the rules and then the uh, reference rules reference. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's nice when they can do that. It still doesn't always work. Uh, Root was a great example we talked about recently on an episode because you don't always have time to go. You don't want to sit through and and play through the how to play thing you know especially if you're coming back no. to it after several months so then you have to use the the reference rule book and sometimes you know that that's structured in such a a, a legal legalese type format. usually alphabetical order you know yeah, yeah. it's it's so it still can be hard but um i think it can be done right yeah and so many times in those rules references especially with ffg is it'll be like oh i'm gonna look up this and then you look it up and it just says like refer to this thing and then you have to go to yeah. another page. And I'm like, ah, oh, or, or sometimes, like, I I can't remember what it's actually called in the game. You know, like, oh, I need to make a roll for defense, but they call it something else. And I'm like, just like, what is it called? Where? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, with this Spirit Island Jagged Earth expansion, the rule book in it is, I think it's really cool because it's thematic. Like, it ties every rule, like. Uh, this makes it harder for the for both the inhabitants and the the invaders, and so because it does that, it does minus one to blah 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 and plus one to this or something like that. But it also makes it kind of confusing to read sometimes, and 
it's just it's an interesting balance to try and find it, it's cool to feel that theme coming yeah. through the rule book and know there's like a very logical reason for this rule but it's it almost messes with the structure too it, it definitely it definitely makes it it it's makes it more thematic and less approachable so again same exact um conversation we had about root and one of the challenges we had with it but you know if you if you want to invest the time to get into it then it's it can be really great but it makes it really hard to get into i apologize because i jumped in on mine my resolution because it was related in some way to both of yours but i did want to jump back to your board game getting a local board game group do you have like a plan on how to do that well so what i've started to do is um i found a a couple local um a couple local groups like there's a local game store that has a weekly game night or bi-weekly game night and then i found a, a, a one of our listeners actually reached out to me when he heard i was in phoenix um scott and he's he's like hey i'm with this local group adventures and board gaming once you could we do these meetups at these local game pubs so i have gotten out i've met some people i'm starting to get to know some people in the community but i and i don't want to sound uh you know stuck up here but just because somebody plays board games doesn't necessarily mean they're a fr- like gonna yeah. be somebody that i want to spend a lot of time with or a lot of assholes play board games too <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like I'm I'm enjoying hanging out with the, these groups of people, but they wouldn't necessarily be my friends if it wasn't linked. You know, you have connections. You make connections with people based on your personalities, based on just how you talk, how you get along. Your sometimes your political beliefs, your you know your social beliefs, um, and things like that. And so I'm still I'm finding some people that I like through those groups, and I hope you know my goal is that I'm not just playing board games in somebody else's big meetup indefinitely mm. what i'd love to do is I'm, I'm hoping to find a couple key people that i really connect with that i ha- like have similar tastes in games with and i start inviting them to a local like hey every wednesday night guys let's come over to my house we've got five or six of us a couple people rotate in and out and uh you know we, we make a group out of it and if i don't find those connections or those friends through these local board game groups i don't mind as i start to develop a community here i don't mind pulling people into the hobby. I did that with Chris. I did it with some other friends back in Long Beach when I used to live there. My group, there was not any gamers at all. Adam was the only one, I think, that was a gamer when I met him. The rest of them were just people that I connected with that I was friends with. And I was just like, it's a, a group of adults that I was like, hey, you're my friends. You guys want to come over and play games with me on Wednesday? And I turned it into a really fun experience. So that's what I'm hoping to recreate here. It's, it's really about finding people I like and then making this the activity that we do together replacing both chris and adam right no, no 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 i i love that i still get to hang out with them remotely but you know i two game you need a person yeah tim tim yeah. wants to be the cult leader just bringing in all the thralls <laughs> <laughs> come join our board gaming <laughs> uh, um i yeah that makes a lot of sense that's cool i i'm always hesitant to invite new we've made a couple new friends like you know, I did, I've started doing improv and I've made some really good friends through that. And I want to invite them over to play games or something, but it's like, maybe they, maybe they'll hate that, which I guess there's always that chance. There's always a chance. I mean, and and first of all, you know, like the way I found it is that I, you can just say like, Hey, you guys want to come over and hang out? Maybe we'll play, you know, play a game, have some snacks or whatever. So you can kind of make the game part of something that could happen, but something that doesn't have to happen. Yeah. Um, and then you can kind of feel feel out the room, like you know, hey, we're chatting, we're making small talk. You guys want to bust out a game? Almost everybody likes doing an activity when they're in a social situation, especially when you're a small group. You know, 
four or five people. So party games was a traditional way to go in the past. Well, there's alternatives. There's, you know, not that party games can't be good, but there's alternatives that a lot of people are really falling in love with. And I found that after introducing some of my friends, um, you know, even couples, you know, just Jen is a great example, right? Like she had zero interest in board games. If I'd mentioned to her when we used to get together socially, do you want to come play a board game, like a strategy board game? She probably would have not come, but it just kind of happened organically. We're hanging out on a vacation rental together and I, I brought it out and I was like, Hey, we're sitting around. Let's, you know, let's bust this out. And, you know, she just fell in love with it. And I, I've, I've seen that happen a lot. So I don't think you should be shy about inviting somebody over to do a social thing. And that can be one of the activities you try. And if it hits for them, awesome. And if it doesn't, you know, no big deal. But that's also a really good time to kind of, you know, pick something that's a good intro, right? You don't want to, you don't want to throw Lost Ruins of Arnak in front of somebody that's never played a board game before. They might love it. Some people are going to get right into it, but it might be better to start with something that's a little bit lighter. True. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, well, let's see. Let's keep on trucking through these, through these goals. I have one that's kind of brought on by you, Tim. You have, I think we had talked about it anyway, uh, but essentially getting more high profile guests on, like I'd love to reach back out to Rob Davio and have him on the new show and maybe reach out to Jamie or I, I actually did reach out to Elizabeth Hargrave and she said, no way. <laughs> no, she didn't. She didn't. She said, I, I'm not doing any podcasting or or interviews until March. Yeah. Uh, and same with actually our Eric Rouse, 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 I think. I don't know how you say his name, but the designer of Spirit Island. And he okay. said, I think about the same time actually was March. So, yeah. so I'm hoping to get a couple of like big names in the industry on. But, but I also just really like having uh, growing content creators and growing designers, you know, newer ones, because I feel like you can connect a little more to them. Yeah. I think um, one thing is, Riley, don't be shy because, you know, if somebody likes doing podcasts or likes doing interviews, they'll be happy to talk with you. It doesn't matter how big your show is. It doesn't matter the format or anything like that. So ask people that you're interested in talking to, and some of them are not going to want to. I We did get to interview James Wilson, but the only reason he, you know, from he's the designer of Everdell, but the only reason he talked to us is because I actually helped him play test the last couple expansions of their game. And so I reached out to him through our playtesting Slack channel and said, hey, James, this was fun working with you on it. I've got a, a podcast. You want to join us? And he's like, sure. But he told me while we're recording, he's like, this is the only podcast I've done for the last three years because I hate doing podcasts. But he's like, you put so much effort into the game. I was happy to help you out with it. So, you know, some designers just they don't want to be they don't want to be doing the publicity. They just want to be making games. Right. So don't feel bad if you don't get an interview. It's not a reflection on you necessarily or they're just really busy. But, you know, I would say absolutely go for it. The other thing is that I know you want to highlight smaller designers, but if you don't get an audience, those designers are not going to get that audience, right? And so the best way for you to grow an audience is to get bigger names in there. So even if it's occasionally or even if it's 50% of your interviews are, are names that your audience is going to recognize, you're more likely to build your audience with bigger names. And we kind of look at it that way when we review games. It's like if we don't play hot games, nobody's going to listen to our episodes. We can see the ebb and flow. If this is a hot new game, or if this is a really popular game, we're going to get listens. If it's a game that we wanted to play, but nobody's heard of it, we're, people don't listen to it. You know, We have a built-in audience, but there's going to be a certain number that just doesn't drop, that drops off, and we're not going to draw new listeners that way. So I think that's the best way to think about it with guests as well. 
And I'll do it. I'll do it. That's why it's a it's a goal. <laughs> I've already started reaching out to a couple, but there's a couple I just feel so like, why would they come on? But I just need to do it. Just what's the worst that'll happen? They say totally. no. Totally. And then they miss out on the fun of the board game community <laughs> show. <laughs> All right, Phil, what's your next one? Um. So... I right so I have no aspirations to get anything published or anything official but I just love making little games I love coming up with just little and Riley since you talked me through how to use tabletop simulator it's actually not as hard as it looks and so just getting more of those little ideas just on there so that I can just share them with people you know just again just for fun just for a laugh um you know like we, all three of us we played uh, Jane Austen and the zombies which I I literally just made as a gift for one of my friends. But, you know, I thought, well, you know, it's kind of fun. Other people might have fun playing this. So just sort of getting some more of those ideas out there would be a, a goal for me in the I love it, year. Phil. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, Jane Austen and Zombies was a blast. And you, have some, you have some serious talent. Um, but I was going to ask you, do you, have any, do you have any specific games that you have in mind or, like, kind of threads that you're working on? So... Um, Oh, way back, way back in year one, me and Mark set each other a sort of create your own challenge. Uh, and so I came up with a, a sort of deck building game, but where you still move characters, like some of the cards let you move and it's like a magical sports. Uh, so I'm sort of very, very slowly sort of creating that uh, ready to, to upload. Um Trains and potholes, you know, that might that might finally become real. <laughs> um, I don't know, just, yeah, no, I guess so that the charge ball, the deck building one is the main one, but constantly just ideas in my head, just like, oh yeah, that'd be a cool game, or that'd be a cool mechanic, or that'd be a cool... And now with, with programs like Tabletop Simulator and with stuff, you, you can just do that, and it looks, it feels so much better than just crappy hand-drawn stuff on scraps of a4 paper sort of thing it's you know it's a way for your everyday pleb to uh to to make a game and have it playable love it uh, that idea sounds great by the way i love deck building mixed with other board game mechanisms so far i've had some, a lot of fun with that so that sounds that sounds like a really fun one well yeah, in, a, in, a, in in many months time look out for an invite <laughs> <laughs> That actually, I I meant to do that on my highlights was playing the zombies in Jane Austen, Jane Austen and zombies, whichever way it goes. But that was that was really fun to do that with you guys. Totally. Yeah, that was a blast. Uh, Riley, just in, in kind of a follow up on that, you know, I know you're a designer, right? Do you have any games that you are expecting to have up on Tabletop Simulator that we're going to get in and play this year? I have one on there uh and i've tested it at protocon and i have some changes i need to make before i can like play test it again i guess but Mm -hmm. yeah i've got at least one well i've got several other designs in there i'll just throw that out there as one of my goals was or one of my resolutions is to design more spend more time designing because this year with the podcast i i put that in the back seat Uh, and i have a lot of designs that i'm really excited about but i just haven't made the time to do them yeah Yeah. awesome i'll drag you in on one of those (laughs) no happy to yeah i'd love to play test with you i was gonna say no go on oh it's the same phil played one of them yes i played solar express it was it was good fun but um i was gonna say tim do you have any like design aspirations or any ideas that you yeah i think like anybody who's getting into this hobby 
you know, it just starts to become like, oh, this is, it, there's so many creative directions you can go here. Mm-hmm. And I actually designed a couple of games early, you know, several years back in my, mostly in my mind, right? I would be out on a long run and I'd be listening to a board game podcast. And it's funny how I would hear somebody's description of a board game and the mechanisms of it. And I'd start to envision what that was. And then when I actually learned how to play the board game, it was nothing like that. So yeah. I would come up with some pretty creative, I think, mechanisms out of what I thought somebody was explaining. And I was like, wow, that sounds really cool. And then find out it's completely different. So, you know, sometimes that would happen where I would just take this this thing that sounded like a cool idea, fit it in with a theme that felt like it worked for me, and then design a game. So I ended up designing two that I actually ended up putting into prototype form and found that, first of all, prototyping is a lot of work. And so I got tired of doing that really quickly. And um, and secondly, that they just weren't very fun on a first iteration and they were going to need a lot of work with it. And I, I just don't have the time right now. So I would love to design a board game. I have some ideas. I'm probably not creative enough to make a good, a good board game. And um, so I'm going to probably leave that to everybody else. But I do have aspirations that when I semi-retire and I'm hoping for like 10 years um, and have a little bit more free time, I might take another stab at it. But you totally then, should. You're creative enough. <laughs> well, that's one of the things, though, is when you pitch a game, sometimes they'll they'll look at what the game is and then see its like mechanics, and they may want to change the theme sure. completely, or sure. that kind of thing happens all the time. So, so really, if you can design a cool concept for mechanics. Uh, the way the game works that's the most important thing yeah i i think i suspect that's going to change though you know there's it's a very saturated market as the hobby's growing there's a lot more burgeoning game designers a lot more people hobbyists that are excited about their own ideas and stuff like that and i think publishers have to be pickier oh um, yeah have to be pickier about the choices they make and and you know publishers are learning too about what sells and what's successful so yeah, once in a while, they may find that gem in the rough. But now I think publishers are kind of looking, they're probably getting presented so many ideas that are great games, but also fairly polished. They have a, you know, they have a, um, a, a kind of a, a theme that works and they have, you know, th- they have a full package they can see. I think that's probably going to happen more and more. So I think it's going to be harder for amateurs to get in and get a game published. Um, oh, without, great. Without, you know, unless they're good, right? Like good amateurs are still going to get games published. But somebody who just has a rough idea um, or something that only partially works probably isn't going to make the cut as, as likely going forward. Oh, my God, Tim. Sheesh, I get it. God. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't anything you. <laughs> well, but there's also, uh, with that growth, there also comes small publishing groups that, that want to work with people. And you may not have as big of an audience going through those publishers, but they may be more willing to work with you. Did I ever mention that everything I do is I'm talking out of my ass? So I actually have no idea about <laughs> publishing board games. And so you're probably absolutely right. And so don't don't get discouraged on well, my account. <laughs> I'm just speculating here too, I guess, because, uh, you know, talking to people, I know quite a few people are like, it'd be really fun to do a publishing company, you know, like help shape games and whatnot. So yeah, well. Me too. I'm talking out my ass too. <laughs> uh, what's your next goal, Tim? Okay, so I've got this. Is, this is my last my last goal that I had on my list, but it's kind of two parts. One is a general goal, and then the other is a specific part of that goal. Um, and th- the general goal is that I want to consistently continue to improve our podcast. Uh, I've been really happy. You know, like we had a we we when we jumped in to start recording this podcast, we had a very 
quick vision, tried it out. We liked it and we enjoyed the show. And so we kept doing it. Um, but we definitely have seen ourselves grow and, and, and improve over the last year and a half as we've been doing this. And I want that to keep happening. I want it to happen from a technical perspective. I want us to finally release an episode someday where everybody's audio quality sounds good. I want it to happen from a format perspective where the format flows and we have, you know, like all the things that we think we do well, I want those to continue to shine and, and kind of cut the stuff that we don't do so well. So we're going to keep working on that, but I have a specific goal around that. And that has to do with, you know, when we first started the podcast, my, my thing was like, Hey, I just want to talk with my friends after, you know, after we play a game and we'll make it into a podcast. And if we get 10 listeners, that's awesome. But I had in, in the back of my head, like someday, if, if I can get to like a thousand listeners a week, then I'll be good. I don't need to do anything further than that. Well, we've hit that. We're, we're now significantly over a thousand listeners per week and growing every week. And, um, and, and that's really exciting to me. Right. And so now this year I want to get to 3000 listeners because we, we hit that one goal. And even though I said, I wasn't going to want to go above that, I feel like I get to drive, I got to strive for something a little bit more. So th- if, if we can get to 3000 listeners this year, that would be an awesome, um, achievement to me. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> Uh, I think that's really, really awesome. And I also think it's incredible that you have a thousand listeners because I think you have more listeners than Phil and I combined. Yeah. <laughs> well, no it, is double, either it, it is, it is, a, it is uh, a show that's twice as good as, as your show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> totally kidding, totally kidding. <laughs> At least twice as good. <laughs> no, it's funny. I, I, cause I've listened to, you know, or Phil's show, of course, the organized fun show, you clearly put a lot more work into your show than we do. So when I when I heard your show, I was like, these guys got to be huge. They got to be huge, and at least in in the UK. But no, apparently not. Apparently <laughs> <Sadly> not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're my number one podcast, and Board Game Hot Takes is my number two. Uh, <laughs> but Phil does put so much effort into them, and yeah. I love the format of it. I love the format of yours too. You know, like both of yours, I think flow so well, and and get me excited about it and i appreciate them i've told you both this is that you're very honest about the game like root that's a big game and there could definitely be some you know like (laughs) you know fallout from not talking kindly about it but uh but you did it because you all are just committed to being honest and giving your first impressions and and i think that's super important so i appreciate that yeah, right on. Um, I think that's why we'll never be a, a huge podcast because publishers will never want to, you know, like we've gotten some review copies, but, you know, it, at least at this point, we don't have any intent of ever doing any kind of paid content. We don't want to sell games like that's, you know, right. that I have no interest in in the uh, kind of the 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 uh, the frenzy, the FOMO of pushing games on people at all. And so um you know, so it's fun to just have the conversation and it's fun that some people enjoy that. I appreciate you saying that, Riley, but uh, probably why we'll never be, never be any bigger. <laughs> no, I think that's why you will be big, though, is because people can trust you. Uh, and also, I thought it was, I was thinking about this the other day because I'm pretty sure that you had posted a, maybe a poll on Twitter that was asking, like, do you find a hot take reaction essentially you know a review after only one play of a game uh, do you 
like those more or do you prefer games or reviews where they've done it like 10 times? That was so well said. I, I nailed that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I like, I think I appreciate the, the initial reaction to games, which both of you do, because really you're going to get the table, get the game to the table at least one time, hopefully. And, and it's important to have that expectation of, what it'll be like that first time yeah. rather than the 10th time. Who knows if I'll ever get it there 10 times, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's what's so interesting for, for us when we do our expansion episodes, because then we can make that direct comparison of, like, well, hey, mm-hmm. now we've played it a few more times and we refrag it and has our opinion sort of changed. But I think, yeah, that first sort of that hot take opinion is really important because for a lot of people, especially more and more in in today's society you know if you don't like something instantly the chances are that you're not going to pick it up and play it again many many times you know and uh, in the job that i do seeing the attention span of today's young people (laughs) if you cannot grab them within the first sort of few minutes you're screwed. So, you know, that that initial reaction is increasingly more important considering the yeah, short attention span generation that's coming. <laughs> the good news for most of the people in our hobby though is if they play a game one time and they hate it, it's okay, it'll just sit on their shelf for the next 10 years on play. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfectly but it's fine. just as likely that if you love it, it'll sit on your shelf <laughs> for the right. next 10 years too. <laughs> Unless it's Tim, in which case, cull, cull. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, but I like that goal. That's a really good goal. I'd love to grow my podcast, but I don't, you know, very selfishly, I say it at the end of every episode of pretty much that this is just a main excuse for me to get to know people and grow my friends. Yeah. Um, but on a, well, like, okay, feel free to, feel free to cut this whole section out. But like, so Tim, what do you actively, do you actively do stuff to try and snag new listeners? Cause like I, same, I, you know, I do the plug at the end, you know, like, and subscribe and all that. But other than that, I just, can't, I, I don't know. It's just not, I don't so, naturally, I don't naturally do that sort of stuff, do you know? Yeah. So there are decisions that we make with the intent of growing the podcast. Um, sometimes the game selections we make are that's part of it. Um, you know, we do every fourth episode we do is a special episode where it's usually like a top five or top ten list, mm-hmm. and that was very intentionally came out of the fact that you know that's that's the only way some people want to listen to the show. We can see our listeners spike drastically on those episodes, and generally we retain them once we have a a popular episode. Then you know our our listenership maintains so we kind of changed our format to meet what we thought but we really like making those episodes too don't get me wrong if we weren't having fun doing it we wouldn't do it at all um but you know so there are some decisions about the content sometimes we make a choice on what we're going to play and you know obviously we play things we want to play but sometimes we'll be like how we played three you know 10 year old euros in a row and you know i I think people want to care about something newer so we'll Mm. play something new or we'll play something that we're excited about that just came out or that's up on kickstarter right now or something like that uh sorry um don't say the k word up on up on you know like a crowdfunding platform um (laughs) when this goes out riley you want to go over that (laughs) (laughs) so we make some decisions there i also am uh, intentionally you know trying to stay active on twitter which unfortunately i hate social media so i can't get myself to get more involved with with Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. 
Um, but I intentionally do try to post daily on Twitter, even though I haven't been very good lately. I've been a little busy. Um, but I try to keep some engagement going there. So there's definitely an activity of growing your audience. It, yeah. it, it happens to some extent organically. And sometimes I get surprised. We'll have a huge spike. And it'll turn out that some other podcast mentioned us. And I was like, whoa, I hadn't, you know, I couldn't make that happen. Uh, we just got lucky that they they brought us up. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a little bit of intent in trying to do what the audience, you know, is is interested or, or find a way for people to find us. But, you know, not not that much. Mostly we're just doing that, doing the, the podcast the way we most want to of do the it. time. It's just your natural charm <laughs> <laughs> or, or Adam's editing skill of cutting all my <laughs> my. My flaws out. Well, I think that was one of the things. Tim's episode is one of the most popular episodes on mine. Uh, oh, I'm pretty sure I've told nice. you that. Nice. And I think that part of that is you have such a large audience, and on your episode, you mentioned it. You there was an episode of Board yeah. Game Hot Takes where you're like, "Hey, I was over on the Board Game Community Show," and then all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> I got a lot of listeners, uh, and and so that helped a lot. Um, so being old, but then other times, I mean, Chris, his episode did pretty well, but you guys didn't mention it on the, you show. know, it, it's so funny because he didn't tell me that he was doing it. So like, I didn't have, oh. I didn't know to even prep that. And then by the way, <laughs> by the time that your episode released and then we recorded the next episode, it wouldn't have come out for like two more weeks. And I, I did actually mean to mention that as well. And he didn't. So yeah, that was a complete fail on our part. Um, yeah. But like this yeah. one, if you tell me when this is releasing, I'll, I'll let, you know, I'll kind of let people know to watch for it because it's good for both of us. If, if, you know, if you know, our audience is getting a chance to interact with us more. Yeah. Yeah. Cause people, and I think that came across on those, that episode was people who listened to yours were like, Oh, he was on another thing. And same with Phil's. I know a couple people said like, Oh, I'm, I went and listened to Phil's because Tim was on it, you know? And, uh, and that was really fun. And, you know, board game chatterbox she mm. uh <laughs> she's wonderful i she's great uh to interact with on twitter and, yeah. and i know she's listened to both of at least those episodes i'm i know she's listened to more of phil's episodes i don't know if she continues to listen to mine it's fine if she doesn't but i have fun yeah. interacting with her yeah yeah she's awesome see that's one of, that's what i mean it's one of our friends you know i don't even consider a listener i consider a friend that exactly came out of her you know finding us through the podcast but it's 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 really cool kind of on that with growing uh the podcast i guess that sort of plays into like getting more high profile guests i'd also like to do more topic episodes so i've i've been trying to tie I mean, like this board game resolutions and highlights and uh next week's episode after this airs will be uh talking to sky larson who did paperback adventures and he we talk about like being a freelance designer and working with Tim Fowers and and all that. Was he a co-designer or just the illustrator on Paperback Adventures? He's the code. I mean, co-designer. I, it was his idea. Oh, okay. I thought that was um, a Tim Fowers design. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So they did co-design it together, though. Okay. Cool. Um. Cool. So That's both of them are Utah folk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, I think he posted like a lot of the updates on the Kickstarter and whatnot. I mean, okay. the beep. <laughs> 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 the updates and so yeah, he's really cool he i like him he's actually helped me quite a bit on like i think he taught me some tts tricks and whatnot and um he's an awesome guy and then you know i just want to do a couple more still get to know people but also have a topic um, i think that'll help and it'll just be a fun thing to talk about um do you have another goal phil 
No, I am now goalless. Okay, just... I'll do my other ones real quick then. <laughs> just shoot them off. Uh, some more episodes covering topics. Yeah, I did that. Oh, participate in a design contest. I would love to do that. I've had quite a few people tell me that's like been a really inspiring thing for them and kick them their design process into overdrive. You know, um, I read, uh, I used to follow Mark Rosewater was the lead designer for Magic the Gathering, and he used to write a weekly article on their on the Magic the Gathering website about design. And it was always fascinating to follow. I, I don't really follow it anymore. But I think it might be worth even for board game designers to kind of check out his things because he goes really heavy into design. And I remember one of his topics he would always go back to is that restrictions breed creativity. And that's what these design contests do, right? They give you some restriction, something that you have to do um, to meet their contest goals. And so it gives you, it motivates you to put something together in a tighter package, um, makes you have to think along different routes. And uh, I think that's probably why those are pretty successful for for designers. Yeah, I like that a lot too, because I always think of Mitch Horowitz, who did Arrested Development. And he said that it was really fun working on something for network TV because they couldn't swear or they mm-hmm. couldn't come right out and say certain things. And so that bred creativity to be like, okay, well, how do we get that same effect? And it ended up being way funnier than if they could just drop the F word or, yeah. you know, like way funnier than if they could just straight out say it. And so it's the same thing with game design. And yeah, so that's cool. Always cool to hear that. So this one, Chris. Your co-host had on Twitter. We there was like the what's three New Year's resolutions essentially three goals, mm-hmm. uh, and so I had put going to a con, and he had brought up like oh you know I oh maybe it wasn't even that anyways it doesn't matter, um, but he had brought up like you know rather than going to a con I'd really much rather just play a game with you Riley play a game with people I know and and I re- that resonated with me and you said the same type of thing earlier with when uh, Phil talked about going to UK games convention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Game expo. Yeah. And, and so I still do want to do a con of course, but really I'd love to play with more people in the community and especially in person. Like, you know, I found I've looked up flights to you and it's 50 bucks for a weekend about, or 80 bucks. Maybe it was 80 round trip. I don't know. Depends on the thing. Uh, So it's like, you know, that's 80 bucks. I could go down and spend a weekend with, with you and play games. And uh, I already am going up to Oregon in the summer for work. So I might as well stop by and play games with Chris and then go up to Seattle and play games with, you know, David Rodriguez. And, and I mean, Seattle's just huge. There's, there's so many people to play games with there, <laughs> you know, and just playing games with people that I've met online in person. Hopefully Phil will be coming to the U.S. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you ever Definitely. been to the US, Bill? I have once. I went to Minnesota. Hooray. <laughs> uh... you, went, you went to the worst part of the US. No. <laughs> it's got the Mall of America. That's the seventh biggest shopping mall in the world. <laughs> oh, is it? I, I, for um, some reason, I had it in my head that that was the largest shopping center <laughs> in the world. But, I guess. but um, it was funny. Literally, the, like, the weekend that me and Riley were sort of talking about a definite right, I'm going to come over in August. And then like the Monday, that was when they announced the Omicron virus, new variant. And mm-hmm. it's just like, ah, okay. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we, shall, we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely on the cards. Uh, just as soon as. Basically, I don't care about Riley. I don't care about board games. 
I want to go to Evermore. That's what I want to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Evermore is like a park here that's very thematic. It's almost like LARPing, but yeah. like a theme park type thing of very okay. fantasy and yeah. medieval, medieval themed uh, park. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I've never been actually, but at our Comic Con or whatever we call it now, they always had a booth there. And, and you're not allowed to go. You're not allowed to go without me. So. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> no risk there. <laughs> and then maybe when you come, it's like, well, it's only 50-ish bucks to go to Tim. Let's go hit up Tim while you're here. And <laughs> Can we please go to Bend, Oregon? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if you uh, if you do make it out, um, and that would be an easy, like, if, if the weekend's available for me, just keep me in the loop. I'd be, I might yeah. fly up and catch up with you guys there too maybe we can have we can have a con of our own guys exactly exactly (laughs) PodCon. (laughs) oh there you go i mean i like our original name of phil comes to america and plays board games with riley con it has a good flow (laughs) brackets goes to evermore (laughs) (laughs) but i think that's all of my goals there uh yeah so board game resolutions Nice. I, I'd be interested, listeners, if you have some that you didn't already say on Twitter, because I know that thing was going around. So you can always at and let us know or do hashtag board game resolutions. And and now that we've shared them publicly, we have to keep each other and, and your listeners have to keep us in check and uh, to task and make sure that's that what I was going to suggest. I think, you know, like a key point, like a halfway point in the year or every quarter, we need to just do a quick little check in on each other and just be like, right, how far have we got with these? Perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. We'll do it. Uh, oh, you know what? Another resolution was because I've given both when you were on the episode and when Chris was on the episode, I kind of was like, I want to play. I want to come on your guys' podcast and play games with you. And I know you just said that you were kind of landing on you probably won't do guests, but well, you're in my time zone, Riley. So if you can make it happen, we can probably we can probably pull that one out. Yeah, I mean, you could probably just tell me what time, and I could join. Cool, right? I think I can help you get that one done. Yes, <laughs> and to be on more episodes of Organized Fun. No, nah, I'm, done, I'm done with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I actually, I think it would be really fun to go on more podcasts, kind of like you were saying is, you know, being able to guest or just hang out with people. You know, I, I did the, that's another highlight I didn't mention, but the Arkham Horror Streaming with Ryan from Cardboard Conjecture, Bridge City Board Gamers. Mm-hmm. That was really, really fun to do that and, and be able to just kind of jump in and play games with other people and talk to people about the the hobby and industry would be really cool. My favorite part about I watched a little bit of one of those streams and it was it was fun to watch. But um, my favorite part was that Ryan looked absolutely nothing like I expected him to look. No, I thought that as well. I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> I don't want to say what I thought he looked like from listening to his podcast, but he uh, he yeah looked completely different. It's funny how that happens. Like I had a very different image of Phil in my head. And then when we did the. When we recorded our interview, I was like, "Oh, yeah, okay. I think I, you know, I did too, Phil." Until I saw you, until I met you the first time on the, because um, I didn't even see when we recorded that episode of Organized Fun because you didn't have video on, but I hey. saw you on that Persuasion episode, and I was I was surprised, I because you you don't have any pictures on social media as far as I've seen, I, or at least I'm, I'm I always like thought this. Riley would have a beard. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, last year I had grown a beard. <laughs> 
I had grown a beard and uh, and I posted those pictures and then I had like shaved it a couple different ways to be silly, you know, like be a pirate or a whatever. So I wonder if that's why you saw that one time that I grew a beard. <laughs> yeah, 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 just assumed that was your default face. Yeah, because I think that was one of the only pictures I had posted. Tim, I think you look kind of like I imagined. Yeah, I you know, I'm on... Um... I have a Twitter account where I have my picture up there pretty frequently and I, I post on our, on our, um, you know, the board game hot takes Twitter. Sometimes I include pictures as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if you saw my face around anyway. That's why oh, you yeah. get recognized at all the cons, Tim. That's why <laughs> all the fans chasing you around. People <laughs> wanting your autograph. Could you please autograph shadow, light and shadow? What is the path, path, of, path of light and shadow? Can you sign Jonathan, my copy I'll, of Marvel United? <laughs> I'll, have, I'll have made it when Jonathan Gilmore walks up to me and has me sign his copy of Path of Lightning Shadow. <laughs> oh. oh, that's great. Uh, well, let's wrap up with a ridiculous theme. Do you, does anyone have a ridiculous theme? Um, no, but I mean, New Year's resolutions would be an easy one. You just get dealt a card that requires some, I don't know, resources or some check thingies or some, you know, first one to collect their things to fulfill their New Year's resolution, I suppose. I don't know. It's a bit pants, isn't it? (laughs) That's sort of what I had my mind on was, but it was more like you're the board or you're the New Year's resolution fairy and you are given like a person that you have to help get through the year and help keep their oh. resolutions on, on track. Uh, and whoever can make it the farthest wins. All right. I got one for you guys. Okay. This is going to go along with our, um, with our blockchain conversation. And this is uh, <laughs> this is a hidden trader party game. And the idea is that multiple uh, team members know what the word, what the, basically what the, uh, the idea is they're trying to sell. And they have to use the most bizarre jargon possible to try to explain what that is. Um, but, but, but then the hidden trader is supposed to pretend like he knows what it is as well. So he's also using jargon and the other people have to guess which person is out is, is not using the correct ridiculous jargon because nobody's going to understand what it means just by the jargon words they're using. So you're going to try to sell just like the way that people people are sold on blockchain. It's by a bunch of big words that don't make any sense. You could have a you could have a deck of jargon cards. Exactly. You have, you yep. like everyone gets dealt a hand, and you have to try and work those words into your into your pitch or into your... exactly. And if the yes. person who's the trader uh, is using jargon that doesn't that really truly doesn't match, then the other people might be able to guess them. But because the jargon is so jargony, it will be really hard. <laughs> I'd actually, I'd, I'd love to play that. I think that would be so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that would be really entertaining, especially with the right group. <laughs> oh man, that's a fun one. Great. And what would it be called? Yeah, I mean the obvious. It's just it, let's just call it blockchain. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was trying to come up with some clever twist on blockchain, but <laughs> no. But the funny thing is that the ideas that you're trying to explain could be really simple, like common things. Like it could be, you know, mousetrap, or it could be like, you know, um, a toaster. Um, but the jargon has got to be all this crazy techno babble that doesn't actually make any sense. In fact, we could probably just pull them off the most recent post you saw explaining what yeah. blockchain does. It's like take, when take um... your card deck out of that. 
people describe their jobs, you know, like you're, you you take the bins out, but you're a waste management operative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, perfect. We got some good ridiculous themes there. We got our highlights, our resolutions, and that was fun. It was fun. It's always fun to get with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to Definitely. be back on the show. And I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday. I know this is released after the holiday, but, um, you know, do a little time travel here. <gasps> what? <laughs> a little behind the scenes. It isn't even Christmas for us yet. <laughs> We're recording this in March. <laughs> uh, well, why don't you guys plug your stuff? After Phil. you, Tim. Oh, okay. oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow, well. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I'm so- in charge here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can hear me on my podcast, Organized Fun, in which me and my co-host, Mark, uh, who is a game-hating, dirty rat, sort of play our way through games and try and convince him that board games are fun. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Fun Organize with an S because we're British or you can find us on Facebook at Organized Fun Pod or just search Organized Fun wherever you find your podcasts. You can find our podcast Board Game Hot Takes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at BG underscore Hot Takes. That's where me and my co-hosts typically hang out and interact with our friends and listeners the most. Um, Our podcast is all about playing a game and immediately discussing it, giving you our true and honest feelings about it. So if you uh, you want to come and you know chat with us, listen to our conversation and chat with us online, we'd love for you to be a part of our community. Thanks for having us. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Tim, for coming on. If you don't listen to their podcasts, go check them out. Board Game Hot Takes, really great. I, I love listening to them. Organized Fun, love listening to them. I Both of those podcasts I try to listen to as soon as they come out. Sometimes it's the next day, but I just, I love seeing new episodes pop up on my podcatcher. Speaking of which, if you like the show and you listen on Apple, leave a review. I would really appreciate that. If you have some feedback on things I could do better, you can always at me at RyleNerd or DM me on Twitter, or you can email me the board game community show at gmail.com. Protocon Online is coming up January 28th, 29th. It is an online playtesting event, so you get to playtest the games of tomorrow and give feedback directly to the designer and help shape the game and improve it. It's it's really fun. I've done two of them. I've had my game in both of them and gotten some great feedback in both instances. And I look forward to doing it again this year. I haven't signed up because I haven't made those changes in my game yet but maybe this will push me to to get those changes made and even if you're a designer you can sign up if you're a player you can just sign up it doesn't matter everybody's welcome and it really is a great time the link will be in the episode description so you can just go there and click on that link and it'll take you to the discord and then there will be a form there to fill out if you want to be a designer or if you want to submit your game in there All right, that is it. I hope everyone had a great new year. If there are resolutions that you have that are board game related, let me know on Twitter. That's all I've got. Until next time, keep nerding out.